There are a lot of different potential outcomes from yesterday's ball game, but I think one thing stands clear, and that is Josiah Gray. He's back. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11. And while you do that, follow the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And also make sure to give us a subscribe over on YouTube. Just search up Locked On Nationals there as I have taken my passion and my fandom for this team into podcast form here with the Locked On podcast network later on in today's show we will we will be previewing game two of the nationals Orioles series as we are going up against a former top 10 prospect with Grayson Rodriguez a very talented pitcher someone who has actually really caught fire in the second half of the season similar to a lot of those Orioles starting pitchers but we'll preview that one a little bit later on and also let's start talking about some of these bullpen breakout pieces I've been waiting a little while a little while to discuss this one, to say the least, just because I wanted to see some of the numbers come back. I wanted to get a little more leash out there before we talk about anything else. But Robert Garcia, you got my attention. Let's talk about him and as well as Jordan Weems on the second segment of today's podcast. Let's start off with what we all want to hear about, which is Josiah Gray after having that awful, awful August, really late July all the way through August, Josiah Gray was really bad, to say the least, bad. Flat out bad. After yesterday's start, which is his final start of the 2023 campaign, I think it's finally safe to say, Josiah Gray, you are back. And I say that Josiah Gray is not an ace. I think we all understand that now. Is he a really talented pitcher? Absolutely. But we don't need him to be the number one on this staff. Now, while he is, he was an all-star this year, and he's still a very good pitcher. Let me reiterate that for a third time. He's a very good pitcher, but he's not a number one. You finish the year now with a 3-9 ERA after going into last night's start with a 4 ERA flat, in which last year his ERA was up above 5. And really in 2021 as well, his rookie season, you saw a lot of good, but you also saw a lot of bad. There's always been that potential there with Josiah, though. In the first half of this season, really all the way through mid-July, that is when we saw the best version of Josiah. But after that All-Star break, that's when you kind of saw him fall off a little bit. And there's a lot of different things as to why that is. Number one, it's got to be his mechanics. And this is something that we've talked about with his front left shoulder just kind of flying open. And this is someone who also doesn't really get that much extension on his pitch. So there's a lot of different things as to why Josiah kind of crumbled. But we're not here to talk about why he crumbled. We're here to tell about why he bounced back and kind of how he came to this portion of 2023, how he kind of came out of the gutter in which he was just not good in the month of August. But here's the starts. His last six starts before his previous last three, this is what he was going through. And this kind of goes to show you how tough of a time it was for Josiah. In 23 and a third innings pitch, 
in six starts, by the way. He gave up 24 hits, 22 earned runs. He walked 21 batters, only struck out 20 in that time frame as well. That time period of which was a big struggle for Josiah and really throughout one of the biggest struggles of his career for really looking at it by that. But Josiah had the mechanic issues. He could not find the strike zone whatsoever. He just could not. And ever since then, over his last three starts, he's made that mechanical kind of correction in the zone. You're seeing him pound the strike zone a lot more. His breaking pitches are breaking once again. He's using different slider variations and all these different things that has kind of just helped him attack the zone and be a better overall starting pitcher. And I think that is kind of what has carried him into having these solid numbers over his last three starts. Because let's get into that. His last three starts, 17 and a third innings pitch, 15 hits, only four earned runs, five walks. He gave up three home runs, but struck out 21 batters in those 17 and a third innings. He only struck out 20 batters in his previous six start, struck out 21 in his last three. Josiah Gray, we needed this. Because number one, the whole the whole goal for me in the month of September was I wanted to see Josiah Gray come in and actually just improve. Because this isn't someone that you're having the training wheels on still for. This was a National League All-Star in a division that is loaded with pitching. And yes, every team has to have someone represent them at the All-Star game. But Josiah Gray, by the numbers, up until that point of mid-July, he was an All-Star. He deserved to be there. Also, Lane Thomas deserved to be there. But again, that was for another day. We already complained about that. Now it's time for Josiah. He has the numbers. He's got the stuff to really kind of just break away from the other pack of these pitchers in which the starting rotation for the Nationals has not been good. Trevor Williams, a bad ERA and just not been good here on out. Patrick Corbin has been Patrick Corbin, something that we've expected for quite some time now. Yoan Adone, he is what we thought he was. Not that great of a starting pitcher. But Josiah has kind of separated himself, and he's been just the the shining star of this starting rotation staff outside of Mackenzie Gore as well. But what Josiah has done, if you look back at his numbers in 2022, and we all know, or I think at least we all think we knew what the issue was last year. Number one, he was pretty damn predictable. On multiple different counts, we all knew what was going to come. And what I mean by that, he threw his fastball well over 50% of the time last year. Actually, rather than that, not over, well, over 50% of the time, It was around 39% of the time in 2022, but you get the point. In this year, though, in 2023, he threw his fastball only 17% of the time. And let's reiterate this. He led the league in home runs given up last year. Not the National League, Major League Baseball. No pitcher in all of baseball in 2022 gave up more home runs than Josiah Gray did. That was really bad. And that was really the main catapult of his issues. That was kind of what got him into the trenches of last year, you could say, and why he didn't really have that successful of a season. It was because he walked a lot of guys and he gave up a lot of home runs. Now, while also, here's kind of an interesting part of this, his walk rate actually went up to a 4.5 in 2023 compared to a 4.0 back in 2022. But his home run rate, night and day difference. He had a 1.2 home run per nine innings this year compared to a 2.3 home runs per nine innings in 2022. That's almost half of it that was cut from this season on. And you see that we all know his fastball from last year 
was just a mess. And this is something that's so weird and so strange considering that was his hype pitch coming up from the Dodger system and really back from the Cincinnati Red system as well. He had this fastball that he can generate swings and misses on in which not many pitchers can really get those swings and misses the way that Sean Doolittle did back in his career. Well, Josiah Gray was doing that and much more down in the minors. But as he got up to the bigs, they just simply hit him. They found a way to get on base on him. They found a way to hit for power against his fastball. And it's as simple as this, in my opinion, was his location was just never pinpoint with this fastball. So he made some adjustments going into this year. And I think that is really what we saw over the season and really what was improving the most, which was his slider. And while his slider, again, if you look at his pitches and really what he's given up, his slider is still not up to par of what we'd want it to be, considering he still has high slugging numbers on it. But his fastball and the usage of his fastball and really recognizing that that has been the pitch that has been killing him, he makes that adjustment in 2023, and that is why he finishes the year with a 390 ERA. And a 390 ERA, while that's not something that we're going to parade around for, it's not something that we're going to clamor for him to be a Cy Young winner. But I think it's this, is that if you have the expectations as I have, or maybe you have as well, of him just being a solid second or third starter on a very good baseball team, a postseason October baseball team, then that is a fine ERA to have. But even then, I don't really look at the ERAs. I look at whip. I look at strikeout rates, walk rates, home run rates. I want to see all the nitty-gritty stuff when it comes to gray. And I honestly, besides the walk rate, kind of just not improving this year and getting worse, everything else checks those boxes of a successful 2023 season for him. And last night, Gunnar Henderson hit that solo home run in the first inning. It didn't get off to a good start, and you're just kind of thinking like, oh, no. This is going to be bad. This could be really, really bad. Is Josiah Gray going to get thumped for his last start of the year, and which was ultimately a very good 2023 campaign? But after that, he settled in. Six innings pitch, only one earned run. And again, that one earned run was a solo home run to begin the game off Gunnar Henderson, who has 28 home runs on the year so far, and he just turned 22 years old. Oh, my God, that guy's going to be special. But Josiah Gray... Solid finish to the season. Really impressive. We'll get way more into him and really some breakdowns as to what has been impressive and what are some things he needs to really work on heading into 2024. That's something we'll get into during the offseason. But Josiah Gray finished strong after a really tough August for him. That's just what we wanted to see. And it's kind of something that a lot of Nationals fans, a lot of Nationals personnel wanted to see. And also, another big plus, he finished the year healthy a second straight year, getting his big leagues under the belt. And if you remember, Mike Rizzo discussed about that last year, about how big it was for Josiah to make it through the year healthy and really kind of learn the reins of an everyday big leaguer. And this year, we saw that. He took a step up, made that all-star team, and ultimately made a huge difference on the starting rotation staff. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. The Nationals play the Orioles again tonight at 6.35 Eastern time. It's going to be Patrick Corbin versus former top prospect Grayson Rodriguez. Catch every pitch in the Nats hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And now before we get into discussing really kind of big-time bullpen pieces 
in this national system right now that I'm really kind of starting to get fired up for, to be honest with you. I'll discuss that and really Robert Garcia and Jordan Weems and really kind of what they mean to this national team. But before we do that, let me tell you guys about our friends over at Nutrafol. And guys, here's the thing that you have to know. Men think losing hair is inevitable, but no. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men and take their hair wealth wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time neutral is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to neutral.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on mlb find out why over four thousand healthcare professionals recommend neutral for healthier hair neutral.com slash men that's spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l dot com slash men and enter promo code locked on mlb that's neutral.com slash men Promo code locked on MLB. And now we get back into it as the Nationals. They've had two good things out of the bullpen this year. And there's been a lot of multiple different things we could talk about with this bullpen. But as we're on the topic of discussion with the Nationals taking on the Orioles, if you look around the Orioles and their bullpen, a lot of these guys that they have kind of came out of nowhere. Jorge Lopez, someone who was an all-star in 2022, they claimed him off of waivers. And if you remember earlier this year, the Nationals, they claimed someone off waivers who's been pretty damn good. Left-handed pitcher, Robert Garcia with the Miami Marlins. But I'm not really done talking about that Orioles bullpen. They've been kind of one of the better bullpens throughout the entire 2023 season, even dating back midway point through last year. This was a very good bullpen and a very much-needed area of need for that Orioles team. So going into the postseason, They know that they have some reliable relievers. Well, when the Nationals eventually do take that next step, as we talked about in yesterday's show, when that could happen, you can check that out wherever you get your podcast. But whenever the Nationals do take that next step, they're going to have to have some pieces. And we've already kind of started to take note of a couple different guys that are really panning out for the Nationals. Number one, Hunter Harvey, a first-round pick by the Baltimore Orioles, someone who is DFA'd, never really panned out with them, couldn't stay healthy. Since he's come to D.C., he's been lights out, a lights out setup man. Really, in any situation you put him in outside of closer, he's been really good in my opinion. But you're starting to take note of someone named Robert Garcia. And while I've been kind of waiting to see what the results come in as for Garcia as the season goes on, I think it's finally time to say the Nationals may have found something with Robert Garcia. And if you look at the numbers with him, while they're not like the most crazy impressive numbers but this is still someone in his rookie season someone who never pitched before 2023 and in so far in 25 appearances he's got a 366 ERA and 32 innings pitch he's got 33 strikeouts and he has a 119 whip on the 2023 season and if you look past his numbers now again he's right now he's not really qualified for any uh numbers for any 
official statistical categories and where he'll rank amongst major leaguers. But as he does right now, and if you look at Baseball Savant, a site that I just love to look at when it comes to comparing players to kind of the average MLBer, Robert Garcia is by far and away one of the Nationals' better analytical minds in the bullpen at 27 years old, six foot four, 225 pounds. As of right now, some stuff that have really kind of stuck out to me is that his chase percentage is way, way up in the above average category as far as MLBers go. His whiff percentage is a little down below, but his strikeout percentage is way up in that above average territory as well. His barrel percentage is way up in the above average category. It's actually in the great category for baseball savant his hard hit percentage way up his ground ball percentage is way up his extensions in the 82nd percentile his expected era is way up his expected batting average is a tad above average there's a lot of different things to like with robert garcia and it's not even just from what he has shown us so far this season because as we have said the nationals they're going to need to hit on some of these guys to really just kind of mold their bullpen down the line because you need to prepare yourself this second as to why this team really can take that next step and you know you're going to need a solid bullpen the nationals have so have some pieces right now that are panning out for them in which we didn't really expect robert garcia is number one on that list and also jordan weems someone we've talked about so far this season someone who's been ultimately very impressive someone who wasn't even a pitcher when he came out of the college ranks And at 30 years old, he's kind of found his footsteps here in Washington, D.C., and he's certainly earned himself a position on the opening day roster come next spring. But looking at what he has done also, he is a qualified pitcher. And again, in 49 appearances this year, he's got a 3-2 ERA. He's got 58 strikeouts and 53 in a third innings pitch. And again, a very low whip, which is around a 1-1-3, which was improved from his 1-1-8 just last year. Jordan Weems has done a lot of different things very well for this Nationals team. Number one, his pitching run value is in the 74th percentile as far as anyone goes in Major League Baseball. And this is a qualified pitcher right now as far as MLB stats go. Jordan Weems has these different kind of combination of pitches that are just really interesting because number one, you look at his fastball, something that he throws 48% of his time and his slider that he throws 43% of the time, those are two really, really good pitches as far as I'm concerned, something that he has really worked on throughout his career. Now, let's not get carried away here. This is not the next Jacob deGrom forming here in Washington, D.C. He is a bullpen guy. This is someone that you want coming in the sixth and the seventh inning and hopefully to clean up duty there and just do a, a good job at it. Jordan Weems, though, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is going to be something that can carry over, but you can't help but recognize that this guy has kind of broken out in 2023. And while you can look around the bullpen, the bullpen this year for the Nationals has ultimately not been very good. It just hasn't. The numbers are not there. The Nationals have had a lot of blowups in different situations. Kyle Finnegan over the last month has not been good. He has not been good when it comes to save opportunities anymore. Jose Freire has gotten rocked around here every now and then. You have a lot of different things that have happened. In the first month, April, back in 2023, back this year, that was a terrible bullpen. 
a really bad bullpen in which, if you remember, if you were there for that Tampa Bay Rays game when the Nationals blew what seemed like a 6-0 lead late on in the game, that kind of goes to show you how bad that bullpen was early on in that season. But ever since then, they've kind of caught lightning in a bottle here. And I also think it's a lot to do with kind of these young guys who have come in and have been really good. Hunter Harvey, Kyle Finnegan has stepped up. Robert Garcia, you claim him off waivers, and all he's done is pitch really well for you. Jordan Weems pitched very well so far in 2023. And I think Jose Freire as well, a young 22, 23-year-old kind of guy who has pitched very well for this staff down the line. The moral of this story is that this bullpen is starting to take shape. And you really kind of need this momentum heading into 2024 because you may or may not be competing for a postseason spot in 2024. And the reason some people may say, well, what does that even matter for? You should be competing for a postseason spot every single year. Heading into this year, we knew. We knew this was not a postseason team. But the fact that we can even ask the question, that you can actually put some pieces together and say, this could be a postseason team in 2024. It's definitely a possibility. By the way, this team has improved just from last year entering this year. Maybe they spend in free agency. Maybe they make a few moves on the trade market. You never really know what could happen with this team. But looking more into it, having a solid bullpen is going to help your team a lot more than what you may think right now. Because hopefully speaking something into existence here, you probably won't have Patrick Corbin or and or Trevor Williams in 2024. I'm hoping something happens with that. Who knows? That's probably not going to happen. But it's a hope. You can at least think that that is something that could happen down the line with this Nationals team. Maybe they do find a replacement for either one of those guys. But we know this. We've been to the mountaintop. We've climbed to the mountaintop of baseball. You've won a World Series. You ain't winning the World Series and you ain't going anywhere in the in the postseason without a bullpen. It's as simple as that. So with this Nationals team kind of collecting these arms and getting them up to the shape that you want them in, it's going to be a big deal for me, and I'm going to talk about it. And I think a lot of people are going to start recognizing that this bullpen in 2024 may not be all that bad. May not be, and that is kind of an exciting thought. The Nationals... They play the Orioles tonight, which you can always catch on SiriusXM and the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And, of course, that first pitch tonight is set for 635 because Baltimore, they think they're special with these early start times, which, by the way, I kind of like. I kind of like the early start times. What I don't like, the later start times like they do in Atlanta, which is, what, 721st pitch? Come on. The traffic is not that special in Atlanta. We live in D.C. We get there at 7.05 every single night. Is the traffic bad? Yes, it's bad. But it should not be starting any later because of that said traffic. Before we get into previewing tonight's game, though, let me tell you guys about our good friends over at Jace Medical. And guys, when I tell you about Jace Medical, this is what I want you to know because modern medical care and treatment are important, but also Our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine 
while their medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions any single time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. The Nationals take on the Orioles tonight at 6.35 Eastern time. You can catch Grayson Rodriguez and Patrick Corbin face off in a pitcher's duel. Am I right? At 6.35 Eastern time. Always, always on SiriusXM and the SXM app. Just search Nationals there to listen to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. So let's get into it as the Nationals. They did lose game one last night in. Camden Yards. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Nationals, they struggle against the Orioles. They just can't beat them. And when you're going up against Grayson Rodriguez, who, oh, by the way, the second half of this season, he has caught fire, which is much similar to a lot of these different Orioles starting pitchers, which always bodes well for going into the October baseball stretch that they're going to be pursuing here. So heading into tonight's game, listen. Just Nationals fans here, right? This is going to be a tough one. I'm not excited for this game whatsoever. And again, I want to get to the 70 win mark. You go up against Atlanta for your last three games of the year, in which they probably will sit some of their guys here and there, but I don't really expect them to sit any of their guys all series long. You're going to be facing Acuna, Olsen, Murphy, Harris, name all of them. Name all of them. We're going to be facing them. But if the Nationals just get to that 70-win marker, how much better will that sound that you can say we won 70 games after winning in the mid-50s last year? It's going to sound a lot better no matter which way you spin it. And some people may just say, eh, who really cares about that? But when you talk about this team, we want to see them kind of take that next step. And a lot of people, we've been antsy about them taking that next step. But the Nationals just got to get something going. And as of right now, the Orioles, they have shut us out in 26 consecutive innings this season and 31 innings in total dating back to September 14th of 2022. Their last hitter to drive in a run versus Baltimore was Luke Voigt. That was Mark Zuckerman of Masson Sports who had that. And now we got Patrick Corbin on the mound tonight. Someone who has a five ERA going up against one of their young stud starting pitchers with Grayson Rodriguez, who again has been very good since the start of August. Someone who is really taking this step up and getting hot right before October baseball starts in which is just their dream scenario. This is, it could be Rodriguez's last start as an, or, or as an Oriole in 2023 at home, the crowd's going to show up. I think it's going to be a nice night tonight, as last night was a ton of wind coming out from center field there. It really was a pitcher-friendly ballpark last night, in which Camden at times can't be. But in left field there, that is a good thing. You're not hitting a home run over the left field unless your name is like, I don't know, 
Joey Manessis, Lane Thomas maybe, Chris Davis from back in the day, even though he's a lefty, he could probably put it out there in left field. But regardless, this is going to be a really tough game. We'll just have to see. We'll just have to see what Patrick Corbin does. The numbers, they aren't great. We know that. I don't need to reiterate all the bad numbers from Patrick Corbin. He's still a Nationals legend. I still love the guy. But yikes. Patrick, if this is a good start, and also, you never know. This could be Corbin's last start as a Washington National. And I think a lot of people may sleep on that factor. And some people may say, good riddance to Patrick Corbin. I say thank you. Thank you for winning Game 7 of the World Series, in which it is 2023. That was a long time ago. But I'll stand on this hill. I'm signing that Patrick Corbin contract every single day and twice on Tuesdays. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. The Nationals play the Orioles tonight at 6.35 Eastern time. Make sure to catch every pitch of the Nats' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. It's going to be an interesting one as the Nationals and maybe a lot of you Nats fans will be making your way up to Baltimore. It should be a fun series, but of course, we want to see a win. Let's get to that 70 mark. Let's do it tonight. I'll catch you guys on the flip side.